Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerville, a church situated in the northern suburbs of Cape Town. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that it will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. So this morning's title, which is going to bless you guys already, is Living Sacrifices. And a good word is a? Good stuff. And I know some of you are maybe like a, you, you um, freshmen, so to speak, to, to the Grace Life family, and maybe thinking, man, this, this church is really on mission, and I don't know if, uh, if it's for me. Um, I don't know what other church you would be, want to be part of if it's not a church that's on mission, right? If it's not a church it's really about seeing God's will come to pass, which is for all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. And think about this, just in a practical sense, the more members of the team, if you think about team sports, whatever your reference of team sports is, whether it's soccer, whether it's rugby, whether it's even Formula One, that's a popular sport within the Grace Life circles nowadays. Formula One, there's not just one driver. Yes, okay, technically there's one driver, but there's a team behind the driver. Now, so with any team sports, just think about this in a practical sense. The more members of the team, the more equipped they are, the more fruitful they are, it's going to have a ripple effect on the efforts of the team. Right? This isn't too complicated. I'm not uh, ministering above anyone's uh, kind of intellectual uh, capacity. It's very basic. If every team member is running on and firing on all cylinders, the team is going to be better off for it. And that's God's design. That's God's heart for, for the, the church, for His family. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4. It is for every team member to come to a knowledge and a revelation of the truth, of the identity and the reality of our Christianity, because that will impact the member, and that is going to impact the team and the effort of the team. Amen. So you get to choose and decide this morning if you want to be further equipped and deeper equipped in the knowledge of Christ and the reality of what we're celebrating over this weekend because I can't choose that for you. Amen. So let's look at this morning at the topic of living sacrifices. We're going to jump right into it. Um, Let's go to Romans chapter 5. And on Friday we looked at Romans chapter 5. And this morning, if you didn't know, we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. Um, so Jesus died uh, on Good Friday, but He was also raised again on Resurrection Sunday. Praise God. We wouldn't be here and it wouldn't have been a, a story that is noteworthy if it wasn't for the resurrection. So in Romans chapter 5, we looked at this on Friday. Verse 10 and 11 says, And since when we were His enemies were brought back to God by the death of His Son, what blessings, say blessings, what blessings He must have for us now that we are His friends and He is living within us. So I um, advertise this scripture and we're going to look at it this morning on Friday that there's something else for us. There's something more for us because, man, we were privileged and we honored when God sent Jesus for us while we were His enemies, while we were fighting against, while we were walking in a completely different direction, God sent Jesus to die for us. But now there must be something different for us now that we've been reconciled to God, now that we call His friends. What does all of this mean for us now that He's living within us? Verse 11 from the pam- amp- <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what was going to come out there. It was amplified and passion, pamplified. Um, 
There's no translation like that. We're looking at the Passion Translation. Verse 11, it says, And even more than that, we overflow, say overflow, with the triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God, all because of Jesus Christ. There's an harmony, there's an union that we are sharing. In Romans chapter 6 from the Amplified, actually it uh, uh, paints this picture beautifully. We're not going there this morning, verse 10 and 11, where it talks about Jesus being r- risen from the dead and that He's now enjoying an unbroken communion, an unbroken union with the Father. And then it says, And so you do likewise. See yourselves as crucified with Christ, raised with Him, and your union with Him too being unbroken. Can I get an amen? Amen. Does that excite anyone? Like the, The fact that God, the Creator of the universe, chose to make a way for us to enjoy an unbroken, never separated, never leaving relationship, with Him, with His Spirit. Your husband, your, your wife is going to come and go. They're going to be up and down. One moment it's going to feel like they're there, the next moment they, they're not going to be there. Your best friend. People come and go. People fail, but God will never fail you. God was keeping you to the end. Even when you are unfaithful, praise God, He remains faithful. Now does that bless you? Anyone, like, can I just get a hand? Does what you're hearing this morning bless you so far? Now I want to ask you the question. Is there someone in your life that does not know this? I'm going to let you think about that. I don't want you to just like kind of think, oh, okay, we'll move on. Let's, let's, let's get to the, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed part. You are going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged. You're going to be stirred in your faith. But the purpose is not for that stirring to remain inside. The purpose of that stirring is to come out. And to impact the people around you. There are people around you that need to hear the gospel of Christ. This is the gospel of Christ that we're talking about. Him dying for us, for our sins. Reconciling us to God. Bringing us back to right relationship with God. Right standing with Him. Allowing His Spirit to come and live inside of us. Not because we cleaned up ourselves. No man could ever clean up themselves. But because Jesus came to clean us up. And by faith in Christ... This is a possibility for us and a reality that we are celebrating today. Christ in us. So it says, now that we are His friends and He is living within us, there's there's blessings for us to experience. What are the blessings we have now in light of the finished work of Christ? Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 3 to 5. Then we'll read verse 8 as well from the Passion. It says, After the sufferings of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. Say resurrected. resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truth of God's kingdom realm and shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. The gift the Father has promised. Say, has promised. Okay, so he says, wait here. There's a gift coming. Now, take note that these guys are the guys, they've, they've, they've um, witnessed the resurrection. They're receiving ministry for a period over 40 days, ministry of Him after being crucified. And now they're receiving ministry from Him, in, having meals with Him. And He says, Guys, I know this, this, this must be amazing. This must be awesome. You're receiving from me, raised from the dead. I'm the Messiah. But wait. 
I can imagine that excitement like, man, we, we get to go tell the world about the resurrection. We get to go and spread this gospel message of yours. Wait, what were they waiting for? What was Jesus asking them to wait for? The gift the Father has promised. What is this gift? For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the outpouring, Pentecost. This is what you need to go wait for. And then verse 8 it says, talking about this gift, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. Say filled. filled. Say with power. Good stuff. Not just filled with mediocrity. Not just filled with a life of no significance. No. Power, significance, impact. This word power is talking about, uh, in the Greek, the word dynamite. That we get the word dynamite from. This is dunamis ability. This is impacting ability. What happens when dynamite goes off? There's an explosion, but you're like, you're like whoa, what was that? Like you, there's a, there's, Something happens, right? It's not like you, you guys aren't going to sit as comfortable and as like chilled out as you are sitting right now. You're going to like, what was that? Like, that is the power, the dunamis ability living in the inside of us that the world needs to see. And we see in Romans 8, 19, the world is waiting for this glory, this power to be revealed, to be manifest through the saints. And you will be, this power is intended for purpose, and you will be my messengers through Jerusalem or uh, under trans- translation say, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remote places of the earth. This is God's desire with this power, with this ability to have an impact, not only in your life, because that, is, that goes without saying. The fact that God Almighty Spirit come to live inside of you, that's a miracle, that He made you right with God. But oftentimes people leave it there, they're like, okay, cool, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. Man, heaven is going to be amazing. We, 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 we believe us coming together and we sit next to each other and we have a great cup of coffee. It's like, man, this is awesome. We've got something good, right? Wow. Let's meet up again next week. Oh, this is good. This is amazing. We've got Jesus, His Spirit living inside of us. Wow, life is good. We enjoy the holy idols and the holy idol is good. This is what, this, the believers coming together is good. But that's not where God wanted to do stay. We see this even in the believers. They filled with the Spirit of God. I don't think we're getting into, uh, into that this morning. They get filled with the Spirit and some amazing things happen and then things become stagnant because they enjoy, started enjoying the holy huddle. They started enjoying the comfort of like speaking the same language and like, wow, you're talking about the Holy Spirit and we're filled with power and like, I like what you're saying. It's like we, we, we're enjoying this company because it's all just sounding good. And then what happened? Persecution. And then the church started growing. Sometimes, unfortunately, it takes persecution for people to wake up and to realize, hey, man, we're not yet to play church. This isn't the Mickey Mouse Club where we're just backing our chairs and like uh, collecting an offering and like, but then we have some nice coffee. No, all of this is facilitated and intended to have a purpose. To have you be impacted by the love of God. Realize the inward transformation that's happened so that there can be an outward pouring of God's Spirit through your life. The key to living a life of significance is unlocking the outward flow. Unlocking the outward flow because we can obstruct the outward flow. And the key to unlocking the outward flow and living a life of significance, let's look at this. 
In Mark chapter 14, verse 6 to 9. It says, but Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You'll always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. So this is account of Mary anointing Jesus' feet with, with uh, uh, fragrant oil. And this is, when we read the Bible, we often miss the detail because the detail is not necessarily there unless you go and study out the detail. That's why we're not instructed to read the Bible but to study the Word. And so there's a difference between reading and studying. And one of the blessings of coming together in this setting is, I've studied a little bit for you so that I can bring it and make it plain for you guys. And that's one of the purposes and uh, the, 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 the intended focuses of the gift of teaching is to break down and help you make sense of the word, right? But ultimately, the best teacher of all is the Holy Spirit. And so I'm instructing and, and bringing the word to you through the gift of the Holy Spirit and through um, surrendering to the Holy Spirit. But you don't have me every day of the week. I don't get to minister to you every day of the week, but the Holy Spirit is going out here with you. Praise God. If Jesus was walking in the flesh and He never died and never accomplished what we're celebrating over Easter, He would have had to go home with only one of us this afternoon for lunch. And it would have been me. <laughs> right? But He didn't limit Himself to that. He poured out His Spirit so that when He goes out this afternoon, He's going with all of us for lunch. Amen? That's a blessing. That's a privilege. And that's why I told his disciples, I need to go. It's better for you. If God says it's better, then what is it? Better. You might think you know what is best for you. Wow, that just went out quite, uh, quite, quite beautifully. God knows best. And it says, and this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Why would this woman's deed be remembered and discussed? What was significant about what Mary did in that moment? Mary demonstrated surrender. Mary demonstrated sacrifice. Because you think, man, she came there to Jesus and she took this little um, a jar of oil. She maybe got it from clicks and there was a special and it was uh, uh, two, <laughs> three for two. And um, maybe cost a hundred bucks. Easy, easy, like I can maybe uh, scrap, scrap 100 rand together and do this, this amazing deed. Now, re research has shown that what Mary sacrificed, that oil that she sacrificed in that moment was equivalent to a year's wages. Now, think to yourself, your year's wages. In one moment, just pouring it out. Just letting go of it. In one moment. This is what Mary did. Now, is God asking you to, to take your one year's wages and pour it into the gospel? Is that what, what God is asking you? Is that what is God? That's not what the scripture is encouraging us to do. We, we shouldn't look at scriptures and, and deeds like this. And again, what was the word this morning? Don't be a copycat. We're not called to copycat things. We, we're called to learn from a specific instance and see what is the significance behind this. 
It's a life of surrender. Pouring out everything. Not having any backfall. And that might look different for you. But finances definitely, it has a big impact in our hearts and how we view things, how we plan. Now what can we learn from this account? Lots of people want to live significant lives. If I asked you guys this morning uh, to, to take a survey and like, would you, would, do you want to live a significant life? Do you want to leave a legacy behind? Do you want to be remembered for something? I think all of us would say, yes, like, I, want to, I want to live a significant life. I want to be remembered for something. I, I want to leave a legacy behind. But few people that answer that and want to live this significant life, few want to make the necessary sacrifices to do so. Significance starts at the end of self. We looked at this, the Hebrews, the Jews, they tried to perform to God and they tried to, by the law, uh, become righteous with God and it says they never succeeded. We looked at this uh, a Sunday ago. They never succeeded, but only those who put faith in Christ will live in success. It's only in Christ, it's only at the end of self that we reach a place of success, a place of significance. And then from that place, from that moment forward, it's a continual life of sacrifice, a continual life of surrender. What did Jesus pray? Not my will, but yours. If that, is a, if that can become a daily prayer of your Father, not my will today, but your will be done through my life. Not what I desire today, but Father, what you desire for me. Because God knows best. Do we really believe that? If we really believe that, then we'll be very open and very excited to let go of what I want to embrace what He has for me. And that's why it's important to become, uh, um, become persuaded by these things. And it comes through the Word, through being challenged, through asking questions, through, through thinking for ourselves. Perish the thought that Christians are asked to, to think for themselves. Right? I'm asking you to think for yourself this morning. Ask yourself some questions. Allow the word to challenge you, to instruct you. Mary showed us the key to living a life of significance, surrender, sacrifice. Now again, that might look different for you. But it's always going to be the same thing. Coming to the end of yourself so that God can show you what He has for you, what He has made available to you. Now look at, let's look at this power. We're going to look at some examples of the power of God flowing and this manifestation in the Word. But the power of God, like I said, the power of God can only flow where there is surrender. No surrender, no power. You can look at this through history. Through any great significant life, it was a life of surrender. It was a life of sacrifice. I know that doesn't sound fun. You think, oh man, I wish there was another way. It didn't give, I'm sure there's another way. Let's figure this out. Let's sit, let's brainstorm. Let's really like, surely there's an easier way. We like the easier way out, right? We often like the easy way out, less path of re, less resistance. No one that ever lived a significant life went on the path of least resistance. They, they took on resistance head on. Now, I'm not asking you to go and look for resistance and go against resistance. That is not what I'm instructing you to do, but it, it's asking the question of, 
man, am I living for something more than myself? Am I willing to surrender my life and become a living sacrifice? The awesome thing with being a living sacrifice in Romans 12 verse, verse 1 and 2 where it's, it's, it's talking about our reasonable service is to become living sacrifices. But it's awesome that that reasonable service to become living sacrifice is not something that you need to labor into and be like, oh man, I just wanted to do something else today. I wanted to be on the beach and now I'm at church and uh, I could have gone wine tasting. Uh. <laughs> do you know what? Where your heart is at in that moment, it's legalism. You hear for legalistic, religious carnal reasons and you're not responding to as the scripture says you haven't responded to the love of God because that is where a reasonable life of sacrifice and service come from is from responding to his love for you responding to what we are celebrating this weekend that Jesus died for you you were set up for a life of destruction you were an enemy of God you and me were enemies of God and Jesus chose to come and reconcile I know all of us might have some, some form of enemy in our life. <laughs> I know we shouldn't have enemies, but you probably have someone that you don't like as much as you like the person sitting next to you. Now, there's a lot of things that the Bible says about your enemies. And I don't want you to think about it too, for too, this too long. Okay, forget about someone that you actually know. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a metaphorical example. Okay? Someone comes into your house and they rob you blind. Take everything, right? <laughs> they take everything and they leave and then the police catch that, one, that person. They end up catching them. You come to court and that person on that side of the, 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 the jury, oh, I know we don't have a jury, but you guys get the point. They're there, you hear, they've robbed you blind. And so technically they, they've, they've wronged you, right? They're your enemy, and I could have used an example of death and things like that, but I didn't want it to become too heavy. The point that I want to illustrate is that forgiveness was cast to that person. There was no resentment, no feelings of, of resentment and, and destruction for that person. Jesus, while we were in this state, and even worse than that, while we were in this state, Jesus chose to die on your behalf. Take the accusations... And the, 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 what do you call it, the, your accusation, everything that was held against you, every wrong that you've ever done, Jesus took that and paid for that. Not just the wrong that you did, the wrong that you thought about doing. Jesus took that all for you. That is what we're celebrating over this weekend. And God wants us to respond to that love, that, that sacrifice that he paid for us. Because that's the amazing thing that Jesus isn't just inviting us to a life of sacrifice and say, hey guys, I'm not willing to do this, you go and figure this out. Right? Jesus, Philippians chapter 2 talks about this, that, that Jesus didn't cling to, he didn't hold to this, this amazing privilege that he had with God, being one with him, enjoying heaven, enjoying perfection. He didn't cling to that. He didn't hold to that. But he chose to come and lay down everything for us so that he can win us to his love, to his heart. 
And because Jesus sacrificed and demonstrated that for us, and we've got His Spirit living inside of us, we can too live lives of surrender, lives of sacrifice. But let's look at, just in closing, we're talking about these blessings. We're talking about the Spirit of God living in man. We're talking about ability, power. And we're not wanting to see power for the sake of wanting to see power. That is still self-centered. Wanting to see the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit for self-centered reasons and purposes is going to leave you as empty as you were before seeing the manifestation of that. The gifts of the Spirit... The gift of the Spirit, and we see this throughout the Word, the gift of the Spirit and the manifestation of signs, wonders, and miracles were most often than not associated with the preaching of the Gospel and intended for people to see the power of God and come into relationship with God. And so there's a purpose, there's an intended reason for the power. We see Acts 1.8. So that you can be witnesses of God, of His love for you. So Acts 3 verse 1 to 6, the first example. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in three o'clock prayer. As they approached the temple, a man lame from his birth being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the gate called Beautiful. So he could beg for, from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, Look at us, the man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but, say but, but I'll give you what I have. Say what I have. Did Peter have something? How do you know? Because he said, yeah, I have something. Right? The Bible's pretty simple. I'm not trying to trick you. He said, I, I'll give you what I have. So he had something. What did he have? In the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, get up and walk. Peter had something. He had authority. Where was this authority coming from? It came from Jesus himself. It came from Jesus himself, and Jesus instructed us not only to go and do something, but he said, Mark 16, 17 to 20, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Say, believe. So there are those who believe and then those who don't believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will supernaturally be protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. What will they do? Lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up to heaven and sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles went out announcing the good news. Say good news. So good news here is talking about the gospel everywhere. As the Lord himself constantly worked with them, validating the message, they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. This is awesome. Peter had something. He had the indwelling Holy Spirit and he had power and authority because Jesus said, after receiving the Holy Spirit, after being empowered with him, you've got power and ability to do what? To lay hands on the sick to heal them. Acts 9, 36 to 37 says, Now there was a follower of Jesus who lived in Joppa. Her Ramic name Tabitha means gazelle. She lived there, or she lived her life doing kind things for others and serving the poor. But then she became very ill and died. After the disciples prepared her body for burial, they laid her in an upstairs room. Verse 40. 
Peter made them all leave the room. Then he knelt them down. So they called for Peter to come pray for her. Then he knelt down and prayed. Turning to the dead body, he said, Tabitha, rise up at once. She opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, all the widows, to come and see that she was alive. The news spread all over the city of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Again, Peter had something. How do we know that Peter had something? Because he previously said that I have something. What I have, I'll give to you. How do we know that Peter believed in the power of raising the dead? How do we know? Because he did something. Imagine that someone passes away and you invite it. Hey, will you come and pray for them and raise them from the dead? What you believe in that moment will lead to you either going or saying, Oh, like I've actually made some other plans already. Like I'm going to have some tea and cake with some friends. <laughs> what you believe in that moment will lead you to do something. I've prayed for one person who was, who was dead and they weren't raised from the dead. Now some of you thinking, oh, that sucks, that's horrible testimony. Maybe so, but how many people have you prayed for who was dead? Guess what? If you don't pray for someone who's dead, you'll never see someone raised from the dead. It's profound, right? If you never pray for the sick person, guess what you'll never see? You'll never see a healing. Guaranteed. I'm not like very prophetic now in my, my ministry to you. It's common sense. Peter believed that he had something. So he did something about what he believed. What you believe will come out in your actions. That's what James says. Faith without works is dead. He's not saying faith is a work, but faith is going to work. Faith is going to produce something. And the purpose of coming together in this setting, Romans 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing the word and continually hearing the word, being washed with the word. I'm washing you with the word. I'm showing you examples from the word, talking about the signs, the wonders, and the miracles that we get to live out in this life because God's Spirit is living inside of us. If we don't look at the Word, if we don't hear these things, if we're not challenged with these things, we'll carry on living in mediocrity. Who wants to carry on living in me mediocrity? I was going to say, someone don't raise your hand, and bad was like, oh no. <laughs> no, we don't want to carry on living in that place, so we're going to be challenged with the Word, and that's why next Sunday when we go out, Maybe you, this, all of this is foreign to you. Maybe you've been brought up to think that, man, science wonders, it passed away with the apostles, or, or, or it's only for select few, only the guys who've gone to Bible school and ministry school, only the guys who does this, that, and next thing. That's all tactics of the devil to make you believe you don't have it. You have it. You've got the Spirit of God. How do I know you've got the Spirit of God? Because when you got born again, you received the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you. So you've got raising from the dead power living inside of you. But one thing we need to realize from this account in Acts 9 as well is verse 42. The news spread all over the city. So what news? The news that Jesus raised this girl from the dead. So the news spread all over the city of Joppa and many believed in the Lord. What does many mean? It means many, but it does not mean all. If it meant all, it would have said, all believed. Imagine that. Someone is raised from the dead and not all believed. So signs and wonders, we need to take account of this. Signs and wonders and miracles is not going to make everyone believe. 
There'll always be skeptics. There'll always be people trying to reason out, oh, why this happened. So it's not signs and wonders that bring people to salvation. It's the goodness of God. The gospel of God. It's the message of reconciliation. So before you need to run out and wanting to do signs, wonders, and miracles, become familiar, become well acquainted with the gospel message of Christ. That is the message that Jesus proclaimed. That is the message that Jesus commissioned disciples to go out and preach. And he confirmed the word, Mark 16. The Lord himself constantly worked with them, validating the message they preached with signs and wonders. It's about the message. The message needs to go with the signs and the wonders. The signs and the wonders will be accompanied by the message. Acts 14, 8-10 says, In Lystra, Paul and Barnabas encountered a man who from birth had never walked. So we looked at two accounts from Peter. and The, 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 the Bible is full of these accounts, and, and Acts specifically, of signs and wonders being recorded, by, recorded in the early church. And it says, Paul and Barnabas encountered a man who from birth had never walked, for he was crippled in his feet. He listened carefully to Paul as he preached. So what was Paul doing? What was he preaching? Was he preaching prosperity? Was he preaching? There's a specific message that Paul preached. And it's a message that Jesus called the disciples to preach. And that is the gospel. The gospel is a specific message. In a nutshell, it's a message of Jesus dying for the sins of the world, reconciling, making us right with God, and through faith in Christ, we become the righteousness of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the message of the gospel. That is the message that Jesus called us to preach. That is the message that brings about salvation. So Paul preached. All of a sudden, Paul discerned that this man had faith in his heart to be healed. So there's a man in the setting, as he was ministering, there was a man in the setting that had a problem. He was crippled in his feet. He couldn't walk from birth. So Paul discerned that this man had faith in his heart to be healed. So he shouted, You, in the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up on your feet. And the man instantly jumped onto his feet, stood for the first time in his life, and walked. That's a miracle. The awesome thing is, yeah, Paul discerned there was something. And that's why often it's needed to minister the word, because ministering the word, looking at accounts like this, stirs faith. And this is awesome that Paul preached the gospel and this man had faith for healing. He wasn't ministering healing. He was ministering the gospel. Because that's the message we've been commissioned to preach. We haven't been commissioned to preach a message of healing. Now healing is part of the Bible. But it's not the message of the Bible. Prosperity is in the Bible. But it's not the message of the Bible. Paul preached the gospel and he discerned that this man had faith for something specific, healing. And so he spoke to the problem and he said, rise up to your feet. And the man jumped up to his feet and he walked. That's awesome. How, how many words is that? You, in the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up on your feet. Ten words. It's quite a short prayer, right? 
I'm not saying like long prayers are, are wrong. I'm not saying short prayers is the answer, but there's something we need to learn from this. And this is not obviously word for word exactly like the, um, every translation would maybe have uh, less words or more words, but the point is this, it wasn't a long prayer. And he wasn't asking God to do something. Neither of the accounts of Peter as well. Peter, layman, I don't have something, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, stand up and walk. Paul, discern, you've got, you, uh, he's got faith, stand up and walk. He wasn't talking to God about the problem. He was commanding with authority, speaking to the problem about who he was. So Paul, Peter, and any person ever performing a sign, a wonder, or miracle believed who they were. They believed what the word said they can do. Coming to close, 1 Corinthians. Is anyone here stirred in their faith? Challenged? Good stuff. Then I'm doing, uh, doing my work here. So 1 Corinthians 15, coming to close, verse 54 to 58. And then that which is mortal puts on immortality. And what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay. Then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, Death is swallowed up by triumphant victory. So death, tell me, where is your victory? Tell me death, where is your sting? It is sin that gives death its sting. And the law that gives sin its power. But we thank God for giving us the victory. As conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So now, beloved ones, that's you and me. Stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season. Say every season. By serving the Lord. Because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Now there's a lot there in verse 58. There's a lot in there and there's a lot not in there. We prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. Now you might be thinking to yourself this morning, ah, I don't feel like I'm prospering or excelling. The question that I might want to ask you is, are you serving the Lord? What are you living for? Are you living for the temporal? Are you living in carnality? Or are you walking in the Spirit? Because the Word says we'll prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. Because we are assured that our union with the Lord, what are we assured of? We're not assured of houses and palaces here on earth. We're not assured of everything that's going to go hunky-dory here on earth. No, we're assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. It's the union with the Lord, our, our fellowship, our oneness with God that makes us productive. That's the empowering, the fact that we are one with God. And the prospering and excelling that this every season is talking about, as you're serving the Lord even, you might think, oh, I'm not prospering and excelling. What is the definition of prosperity and excelling you have? Does it line up with the word? Because man, if, if prosperity and excelling was all about having your carnal needs met, Paul missed what prosperity and excelling looked like, right? Paul, most of his life was sitting in a jail cell. So none of you are in prison. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, 
differentiate that. All of you guys are sitting here free this morning. So you've got it better than Paul in the natural. But Paul was prospering and excelling by serving the Lord. It had nothing to do with these carnal circumstances. We need to get the right definition of, of the things in the Word of God. Otherwise, we're going we to live Otherwise, we're going to live mediocre Christian lives when God has called us to live significant Christian lives with fruit that endures. We need to come to know that we are united with God. We need to come to realize and believe that our oneness with God will never change and that oneness is intended for a purpose. For you to go out into the world and to shine the light of Christ. For you to go out to the world and make the world see the glory of the sons and the daughters of God. Not for the world to wonder, is he a Christian? Is she a Christian? Or I wonder what they believe like. In closing. Now, what does all of this mean? What does this empowering of the Spirit mean? What does these examples, what are they all intended for? We see... Man, Peter healing a layman. We see Paul leaving, uh, 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 also healing a layman. We see Peter raising someone from the dead. And you might think, like, wow, they were, they, were, they were special saints. They were super duper saints. Now, what's the difference between Paul, Peter, and any other person who's ever done anything supernatural? What's the difference between them and someone who has never done? Now, I'm talking about believer. Because they were Christians, right? And so what's the difference between their Christian walk, their Christian living, and any other Christian who's never seen anything supernatural? And maybe there's some of you this morning, or I bet there are some of you this morning, you've never seen something supernatural, you've never seen a miracle, you've never seen a sign and a wonder. And what's the difference between anyone who's ever seen something and anyone who's never seen something? Action. And action comes from believing. So you either believe something and you see something and you act on that or you don't believe something and you don't act and you don't see. So it's, it's a very simple step. Believe, act, see. Don't believe, don't act, don't see. Okay, so if, if you walk away with anything from this morning, walk away with that. Believe, act, see. If you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to visit us at one of our gatherings. To find out more, please contact us at info at or visit us at gracelife.co.